Have you ever wondered how your sales performance compares against your competitors and peers? The B2B Sales Benchmark Report provides the definitive guide to what success looks like in 2021. See how you compare in terms of win rate, sales cycle, average deal value, relationships, and engagement. You can see the results and get the full report at ebster.com forward slash B2B dash sales dash benchmarks. This is Sales Ops Demystified, the number one most downloaded podcast in sales operations. We invite the brightest minds in sales operations onto the show to deconstruct the why, what, and how behind rep productivity, forecasting, metrics, and all things revenue. This podcast is brought to you by Ebster, the leading customer engagement platform for Salesforce. Hello and welcome to another special episode of SalesOps Demystified. We are joined by Jeanette Appiah of Merkel. Hey Jeanette, thank you for joining. And so I've been reviewing Jeanette's LinkedIn profile and something that I think I'd like to focus on a little bit more in this interview is more on the finance side, uh, because I see you had a role uh, more in that side before officially becoming into sales operations. Um, So we're going to get into that. Jeanette, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for the opportunity. It's really cool. No worries. Um, So first question, how did you get into sales ops? So um, I was a English and writing graduate um, in 2014 um, and I registered with an agency just to do some kind of temp work. Um, I actually just came by sales ops for the off chance. Um, I started working at a exhibitions company and uh, they introduced me to the, to the system that they use uh, for sales operations, which is Salesforce. Um, and I think I, ever since then, it's just been kind of a progression from there. So, um, did you, um, the, the, that job that you, you, you applied for the job in sales operations, you saw the job. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So they, um, I guess the agency kind of explained to me what the, the, the specifications and kind of the day-to-day responsibilities of what I'd have to do. And it was very admin based at first. So in terms of entry levels, very Mm -hmm. kind of um, data entry and, and uh, just daily kind of um, data quality and just making sure that the information um, and the data that the sales teams were entering is correct. And it was very, um, kind of contract based as well. So um, making sure that all of the contracts and the legal requirements for each uh, sales deal, you know, is accurate and correct. So um, it, it wasn't very technical or process driven um, and very admin based. So it really kind of gave me like the, the low level taste to sales ops, um, which I mean, for me, it was very straightforward. Um, and you know paid the bills at the time so (laughs) it was yeah it was quite useful um so you were there for three years correct yeah so um 
I left and came back and they offered me a permanent position. Um, I took that on and I officially kind of uh, managed the, I guess, like the, the finance or the sales ops side of uh, a specific exhibition. And so everyone had their own exhibition that they, you know, uh, kind of they oversaw, they managed um, on the sales and kind of financial legal side. Um, so, you know, I managed to kind of manage my own um, exhibitions, which was one of the biggest ones in the company. So they, what's an they example really of an exhibition, that. just so people... Sorry? Well, what's an example of one of the exhibitions? Um, so one recent one that they've actually... Uh, just done was money 2020 um so they did have a range and they've they've sold a few and they've you know really transitioned into a, a more data driven or kind of technology driven um exhibitions company but they previously had retail ones so uh, autumn fair spring fair um they also had a, a fashion one called pure so they had such a huge range and it was very retail driven um, and now they've actually uh, sold them off. Um, and now they have more, like I said, yeah, they've got more of a kind of financial and tech um, background. Uh, Can Lions as well as one of the ones that they, they have. Awesome. And uh, so you're responsible for the sales and the operations and the finance and the legal part for these. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. a bit broader than celebrate. Oh, very broad. <laughs> um, but I mean, the experience has given me a lot to kind of use in different kind of scenarios and situations. Whereas, when your role is very defined, you don't really have that, um, I guess, knowledge or that that background to really know how to be flexible in certain situations where, um, you know, a new aspect of your role comes in. So, got it. Yeah. Um, and then you move to Merkel, which is where you are now. Correct. And yeah. it's a more traditional sales operations role. Yes. Um, so when I started last year, it's about a year a year ago this well, last week. Um, time has kind of flown by, but um, they effectively didn't have a sales ops process or team or function when I started. Um, so they had started using uh, Salesforce back in February 2018. So they've had a few months of kind of transitioning and adjusting to, um, you know, creating sales deals, etc. cetera. Um, but there really wasn't a sales ops department or process or, you know, a real kind of solid foundation of, of how to, you know, really go through the sales path process and, and ensure that you're correctly updating opportunities, etc. Mm -hmm. So um, when I started, that was really kind of my my aim and um, kind of my key function, you know, as my beginning role, mm -hmm. um, really implementing processes, um, getting kind of sales teams in order and, and really allowing them that independency to um, monitor their own opportunities, monitor their own deals, reports, etc. Um, so, I mean, that was that was really, really insightful. Um, again, from my like first experience of working somewhere so low level, where you are looking at all different aspects of, um, you know, sales ops and finance and kind of legal as well. Um, this really allowed me to have a more visual. I guess idea or expectations of how I want the business process to um, 
kind of flow through. So, um, yeah, that really helped in that sense. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, the first year has been um, you know, a whirlwind, really trying to implement um, so many different processes, but um, sales team have been quite quite good. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, current sales of tech stack. So uh, we currently use Salesforce um, and kind of on a, on a wider background, we actually work with the US team. So we are a bit of a smaller kind of team or region. So I, I cover pretty much the UK and some parts of Europe. Um, I do have a counterpart in uh, in Europe as well, but I predominantly work with the Barcelona office and the Amsterdam office. Um, so the US pretty much are the, the uh, I guess, say they're the, they're the headquarters for um, really developing uh, Salesforce. And um, we have integrated with our parent group. And at the moment, we are in the middle of integrating our Salesforce with their Salesforce and really kind of putting all of our processes together. Um, mm. And it's come at a time of where we're still trying to implement our process. and. Um, there have been, you know, uh, a lot of obstacles, obviously, in the way. Um, but it's it's been a real learning curve to see how quickly and how rapid um, the movement of, you know, developing our Salesforce against, especially, you know, other the other companies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's been it's been, you know, really challenging to transition. Um, like I said. Uh, you know, different group has different ways of processing um, or how they view things within a financial um, expectation, I guess, for for revenue and for forecasting. Um, so it's really about compromising and, and constant communication with the US teams to, to ensure that on our side, as well as as a region as well, um, the US obviously do things you know differently as they do to the to the UK and to Europe. So it's really about combining and and compromising. Um, it's still a work in progress. Any other tools apart from Salesforce? Um, Salesforce is all that we're using at the moment um, okay. within kind of like the sales ops. Um, but then also in finance, we have different tools that we are actually transitioning and trying to merge together. Uh, Microsoft Dynamics is one that we're we're currently using to uh, implement kind of like the invoicing, billing, um, accounting kind of feature. Um, and hopefully that will eventually integrate into Salesforce as well. Hopefully. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you, you mentioned in your first role that a lot of what you're doing is insure it or you're responsible for data quality. Um, what are you guys currently doing now at Merkel to ensure data quality in these different Salesforce orgs that you're merging? Sure. Um, so, um, Again, kind of, I'm, I'm, I guess, the flow through of information to a lot of different departments. So I'm constantly running different uh, meetings for, um, you know, a legal team, ensuring that they're covered or, you know, we're covering ourselves with the data that we have on Salesforce. So um, I'm con- constantly kind of monitoring and sending those informations and sending processes to them to ensure that we are on the right kind of legal page or, um you know, we we're ensuring on our side that we um, have covered our backs effectively, um, as well as within finance as well. Obviously, the the 
the kind of the revenue structure that we have um, is based on monthly revenue as opposed to annual revenue. Um, and as a bit of a background, we, I guess, measure our revenue based on monthly um, delivering income. So we will um, have work completed um, on a month by month basis and the sales team um, really is their responsibility to ensure that, you know, the revenue that has been contracted is correct against the the work that is being um, delivered. Mm. Um, so, uh, as you can imagine, that's a lot of kind of monthly recognition and revenue, and and really constantly making sure at the end of every month that um, that revenue is up to date. Um, as well as kind of general housekeeping, constant reports and dashboards, um, sending that over to the sales team and, and client services groups to ensure that they are keeping up to their opportunities. Um, I mean, I've just had a, a meeting this morning about, um, you know, just ensuring that uh, the, the opportunities that we do have set in place are expected to close within a certain time. Um, some, some sales members are obviously very eager to have their opportunities close within a certain time frame, but it's all about being realistic with the, the, the figures that they've entered in place. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking at a, a you know, 50 million pound deal that's being closed by the end of July, that's very, very incredibly optimistic. Wow. Um, <laughs> so that's just an example, but I, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's really kind of, constantly capturing the information that is being put in on a daily basis and really looking at it from an angle of right you know how is this reflecting the business um and i guess effectively what departments require this information to be accurate um the department thing really helps to 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 align i guess um where those fields are being pulled from and into and um it also gives the sales leads an insight into how important it is to keep up their information. Um, I mean, for, from their perspective, they're just entering in the information, hoping for the best, as opposed to not really realizing that that information is really pivotal for another department's kind of focus on um, on that sales deal. So, uh, and on, now moving on to salespeople, um, yeah. how do you how would you get buy-in or influence the sales team to say do something new within? data quality how do you persuade them to do that very good question because it's always very challenging but i do like a challenge mm-hmm. um so within um merkel we have um obviously a stage progression or I, I mean a lot of companies have kind of different stages of how likely the sales deal will be completed um and within that kind of structure i always try to implement that it has changed within the stage as opposed to highlighting that a new stage has been um, implemented. The reason why I do this is because it's all about kind of, I guess, um, the communication. And for a salesperson to hear there is a new process in place, it's, in terms of their behavior, you can always tell that it's it's going to be a challenge for them to adjust to something new. and, in, and, and it's really about the language that you use. So instead of saying, you know, there is a new process in place, um, always say, you know, that there's a, a slight change in, in the existing process. So you can still do X, Y, and Z, but here's what you have to do differently. Um, 
again, it's all about the language that you use. I've learned if 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 you you know you, you let the sales team know that you know hey we're we're changing the whole new process. Forget everything that you've known before for four years, and this is what you have to do now. It's it's a real struggle. Um, fortunately the way that we kind of implement our processes, we really fine tooth every single part of that stage. Um, again, working with the US team to develop um, that stages and really kind of go through the testing, um, working with a sales lead just to kind of visualize how they see the process actually taking place. So we would implement an example um, and really kind of gain feedback from one of the, the sales leads, see if it works and adjust um, for them. And then we kind of slot that into a part of the stages or all of the stages together, um, you know, constant training as well. So I, I run um, twice a month the training sessions for the sales leads if they're new or existing. Um, and obviously, um, hundreds of material that I create, so. Yeah. Um, onboarding salespeople, do you have a specific structure in place? Yes. So, um, again, it kind of works or ties into the US and IT. So, um, usually once um, a sales lead or a sales user, sometimes it's not always the sales users, it's sometimes a, a client. Um, we have, uh, I guess, kind of account managers um, in place as well. They will request for a license. Um, and again, the process usually is that once it's been, the license has been provisioned, um, I would provide training. So it's a, a hour and a half long uh, session, really kind of fine toothing um, the whole process from beginning to end, how to create opportunities accounts, um, and that's kind of the, the basics of the first session. Um, the second session is more based on um, reports, dashboards, um, and dashboards are really, really useful for the sales team and the account managers to kind of keep up to date. Again, housekeeping, but also looking at their revenues and how far they are against their KPIs and their targets, etc. cetera. Um, so it, it's really an all-rounder um, and uh, ongoing monthly sessions um, for any kind of Salesforce queries also, um, yeah. I implement that. So again, the role is very kind of people managing, people communicating. So if you are if you find that difficult, it's a, it's a quite difficult yeah. role to get into. Yeah. Uh, we have a question. Uh, how do you define and measure success uh, in sales operations? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would definitely put it down to the smooth running I think smooth running is really pivotal. And in terms of measuring that, it is looking at, so I, I have, uh, let's say, for example, multitude of reports that uh, show kind of the lack of data quality in, in some opportunities. So I'm looking at specific fields within opportunities or accounts or revenue. And all of that really kind of works together in terms of looking at how, you know, how well the process is working. If we are looking at large volumes of uh, sales deals or accounts that are coming up incorrectly, we really need to review the way A, we are training um, the sales users, or B, the way that they are being delivered that information in order to enter it into um, the system. So um, in terms of the sales process and measuring that, I really, I really kind of look at the way how likely on those reports if the you know the data quality is uh, down to zero or um, 
you know, the, the in terms of, I guess, the general sales information that have been entered in, into um, the system. So as long as the, the revenue looks accurate as well. So it really is just about the, the smooth running of, um, you know, the processes that are being taken place. Um, of course, yeah. queries are, you know, uh, are natural to people. People are going to forget certain processes, etc. cetera. But um, it really is just looking at kind of the figures and seeing, you know, there's, there's zero opportunities that are incorrect or, um, you know, that this sales user is actually training another sales user how to use you know, use the system. It really is about kind of delivering that information correctly. Sure. Um, are you currently doing anything to make the sales team more productive? Yes. Um, as much as, I, I guess it's a love-hate relationship. Um, I love to bother them and they hate <laughs> me when I bother them. Um, so I'm, I'm constantly sending, um, I guess, subscription reports. So um, there are a few reports that I automatically, this, you know, give the sales team to subscribe to. Um, and I constantly keep up with them um, in terms of that process uh, but also from a financial perspective we uh, reconcile the revenue at the end of the month um, so I usually send three or four warnings just to let them know the following kind of sales deals either need to um, have their close dates pushed out or you know um, the revenue schedules updated also um, again really monitoring kind of um, the, the revenue on a monthly uh, basis, but also looking at it weekly. Uh, we also have a, a week on week kind of pipeline change. Um, so I effectively create a, uh, a report that outlines uh, any clients that have had like week on week variances. Um, so if they've, you know, gone down in value as the stage is progressing, um, etc. Um, and we also have a weighted pipeline, so we always weight how likely the against the confidence level the the revenue that's been entered in, how likely that that revenue is going to be uh, pulled through once the I guess the sales deal has been closed. Um, so yeah, it, again, it's constant monitoring and reports, um, but reports that can be I guess visualized and read to a sales lead as opposed to just yeah. providing them that information. Got it. Um, and what KPIs are you currently tracking? Um, so, as I mentioned, uh, revenue is based on the monthly spend. Um, so we really look at various financial uh, revenue kind of definitions. We look at the the annual uh, contractual value. We look at the revenue that's being um, delivered in year. Um, we also look at, again, like I said, the monthly, the kind of the monthly value um, according to department. Um, we look at the total contract revenue. There's so many different kind of revenue-based um, visuals that we look at, um, but the most kind of I guess common one is uh, the new business uh, deals that are coming through. So we do monitor um, a lot of the new business on a total contract value basis. Um, and we I'm effectively ensuring that uh, against what has been weighted, so their confidence levels, making sure that the percentages, so if it's 50% likely that the deal is going to close at 1.5 million, we weight that to ensure that, you know, that is a guarantee at that certain stage. Um, and again, them entering that information and filling it in benefits them because it makes them kind of, obviously, 
looking at the revenue um, or dependent on the revenue um, ensures, you know, that they're keeping up with their uh, their client activity effectively. Got it. Um, I think we have another question. Um, sure. Do you have a process in place when you're looking for new tech tools? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, so we... I wouldn't say we have a process set in place, um, only because again um, we heavily liaise with the the US admin team. Um, we do have monthly calls for uh, on a global scale, so we have all of the global, I guess, sales ops teams or finance ops teams um, coming together and really discussing and implementing suggestions for um, you know a new process or a new tool. Um, to be set in place. So, for example, the Microsoft Dynamics and the, and the uh, we also have another uh, system called Navision, which will be for the accounting software. Um, we have like ongoing weekly meetings to discuss kind of the, I guess, the suggestion all the way through to implementation to to delivering that and and uh, offloading it across. So, um, again, gathering kind of as much information as possible. Um, Fortunately for Salesforce, we do have a developer's kind of edition, so you can kind of separately look in a in a sandbox and and download that tool and just see kind of how it works within your system and how likely it is to to integrate and how easy it is also. Because um, fortunately for for Salesforce as a tool, it's 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 globally known um, and it's it you know it's become a software that. It's so easy to to download for for new tools um, using their app ex exchange and there's reviews etc. So it really is a matter of doing your research and dedicating time to look into how likely the tool is going to adjust within your system. Um, yeah. Awesome. And then final question: Who have taught you the most or inspired you the most uh, in sales operations? Ooh. Um, do you know what? I would actually say it's a lot of the users across Trailblazer. So Trailblazer is a community on Salesforce um, where there are so many different sales ops, developers, um, consultants, um, all within the Salesforce field. And when you're looking at the community and, and you know, you could go into that community and, and you know, uh, ask them a question about, or, or, or you've got a real dilemma and, you know, the community really comes together and gives you such useful information and, pro, you know, new process suggestions. Um, and all because, you know, we're all in the same boat, effectively. We all really need to find, um, you know, a really simple, quick solution to, um, you know, complicated matters. And as much as they don't know much about, I guess, the background of your company or how your, you know, how the process works, there is always kind of a, a an identifier with the way that the process needs to, you know, take place. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's not a specific person, but I no, guess as a community, they're, yeah, they're yeah. really, really useful. Salesforce have built an insane community, haven't they? Um, it's incredible. That brings us to the end of the interview. Here's a few things I picked out. Um, yeah. I think you said this, where how your, your broader experience over operations, finance, and legal helped you now, uh, understanding the business that you're in in Salesforce. And I think that's super important. Like, if anybody else 
can somehow get more broader operations or finance business experience that'll really help them in their role. Um, going to when trying to implement a new process, going to sell the leads first, because I assume they can then trickle down the, the process once they've understood and bought in. And then finally, visual data to salespeople. I think that's quite yeah. important. Uh, yeah. I don't want to stereotype, but I would say that potentially salespeople are more like visual uh, or, or they like pretty grass. Um, yeah. And so that was a nice insight as well. Yeah, um, for sure. Jeanette, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your, your wisdom with the audience. No problem. Thank you so much. Um, it's been really fun. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sales Ops Demystified podcast. If you are listening on a podcast listening application, then please subscribe, rate, and review. And if you have any questions about the show, if you know a guest, or if you have any questions about sales operations, just hit me up at tomhunt at ebster.com. That's tomhunt at ebster.com.